Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Exurga deus et dissipentur inimici eius et fugiancio derundeum a facia eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Archangela, defende nos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diaboli est opraecidium. Imperatili Deus supplicas deprecamur, tuque princeps militae calestis, satana maliosque spiritus malignos quae ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum detrude. Amen. Coriesus sacratissimum miserere nobis, Mater dolorosa ora pro nobis, Sancti Joseph ora pro nobis, Beatus Carolus domo Austriae ora pro nobis. Domine ostende facem tuum et salvi edimus. Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. <clears throat> I'm going to record this in two parts. The first part, we're going to talk about hell. <clears throat> the reason why I'm going to record this in two parts is because the first part I have to still be able to wrap my brain around the terrible evil that I'm about to describe. And then after that, I'm going to pray a rosary, and then I'm going to record the second part. All right. So hell, Gehenna, Sheol. Whatever your word for it, inferi, the inferno, however you want to describe it, whatever word you want to use for it, we're going to combine a few images, images is the best word I'm going to use use for it, even though obviously we're not going to show any pictures, Uh, but images is the best word I'm going to use for it. So we're going to start with the cesspool. A lot of people think of hell in very abstract terms, and they fail to realize that there's smells that are going to be associated with this. So we're going to start with the cesspool, because a cesspool is effectively, it's a pool where your black water, raw sewage goes. And I can actually thank the U.S. military for deploying me to locations that had each of these things that I'm going to describe. Because without them, I wouldn't be able to fully comprehend what's going on. If you've ever been around raw sewage, untreated sewage, it is foul. Like, 
you kind of wish you could burn your nose hairs out because your nose, the smell of the smoke of your nose hairs smells better. We're talking thousands of deposits of toilet waste festering and getting fetid with all of the bacteria and all of those things, all of that, all of that germ nastiness. If you took every single time you walked into a restroom or bathroom after someone else had used it or while someone else is using it and you overlapped all of those smells, you would just be getting close. It's the sort of foul that makes you want to vomit, but not quite. And that's only the first part of it, because of course we're talking about toilet waste and so that's the stuff that comes out your backside. But you have to combine with that a certain degree of vomit. Now for some of you, and as soon as I said the word vomit, and you're starting to picture and you're starting to imagine the smell, you're probably actually gagging right now. And I do apologize for that, but I want this to be as totally accurate as possible because that same vomit smell is also combined with the fecal smell and the smell of urine. Now that combination right there is probably those three things are hard enough to hold into your mind and I'm going to ask you to add the smell of burning flesh not just you know the smell of like you know when you're cooking an unseasoned steak on the barbecue but also the smell of burning hair which has an acrid sort of burning plastic smell to it that you kind of get to add on top of it And we're still only part of the way there. Because that's all the bio-waste stuff that you end up smelling. Now, if you've ever, you know, like burned um, cotton or like a wool sweater. Wool sweaters are particularly fetid when they burn. It's a, you know, it is actually kind of nice that they don't burn all that well. Uh, but when you do get them to burn, they, they let off a smell that's pretty, pretty harsh. On top of that, you're probably safe to add the ozone smell from an electrical arc. Now, if you've ever smelled a fuse burn or something like that, then you know what I'm talking about. It's a, it's a strong, harsh, pungent smell. And when you add that in and you overlay that onto everything that I've described for the cesspool, we're still only getting close. See, the cesspool smell was from my second tour in Afghanistan my, or excuse me, third tour in Afghanistan. The second, the, the other smells that I would like to add onto that, I'm sure you're probably somewhat more familiar with if you live out in the country because you've probably burned your own trash. The trash pile. <laughs> By comparison to the cesspool, it's almost a smoothing agent. It's still foul, to be sure. But those are the smells. Burning trash, feces, urine, that acrid ozone smell from an electrical arc, the smell of burning hair, and the smell of burning flesh. Those are the smells. Now for the sounds. A microcosm, a very small sampling of what hell sounds like can be heard in the most recently released video clips coming out of China, particularly Shanghai, where you hear people screaming from the high rises because they're hungry. 
where you hear pe people screaming from the high rises because maybe they looked across and they witnessed somebody jumping from a 22nd story balcony to their death. And there's a type of scream that most people are unfamiliar with. You get close to it when you, um, <clears throat> if somebody falls down and say breaks their arm or breaks the bones in their hands, it's a blood curdling, painful scream. It's actually a scream that I've had the misfortune of hearing come even from my own mouth. Which is probably one of the more disturbing things because in hell, among that cacophony of human screams, will be your own. It's disturbing. If you listen to the video, if you listen to the audio from the screams out of the high rises in Shanghai, you cannot help but be deeply disturbed by the pain, the anguish, the suffering. These are uncontrolled wails. They're not even like what you would find at funerals in the Middle East or in ancient Rome. Although that's in there too, because you have to remember that hell will include not just fear, not just pain, not just anguish, but also grief. And you're not talking from, hundred, from hundreds or thousands of voices. You're talking from millions. I think that probably the closest you get to it, there's a sequence in the movie, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, when they're, when they're, the response from the whole world as they find out that the Earth has been scheduled for demolition and they're about to destroy the planet, it's close to that. But even that wasn't blood-curdling. The blood-curdling screams would have to be overlaid with the stuff that you hear from Shanghai. Would have to be overlaid from... Well, would also have to be overlaid from, from your own voice going hoarse. And that's the sounds. So we've got sounds and we've got smells. <sighs> I apologize, but we're going to take it a few steps further. Because there is still taste. The taste of bile and every bit of smell from that cesspool, from that burning trash, that's also filling your mouth. To be included with that is a, is a burning sensation that makes scalding your mouth on boiling hot water or an extraordinarily hot cup of coffee mild by comparison. And it's mild because you never get to actually spit it out. It's mild because hellfire is so much hotter than the hottest fire we know. And at the same time that your mouth is burning, you're still tasting the bile. You're still tasting the vomit. You're still tasting the feces. You're still tasting the blood and the smoke and the ash. And then there's the sight. For people who are claustrophobic, they'll know. 
you can see everything and nothing. You can see the darkness of the walls closing in around you, while at the same time you can see far, far away. It's dark with just enough light to light up the suffering of others. It's dark with just enough light to see the burning flesh. It's dark with just enough light to see the hideous faces, the contorted faces of everyone you're in hell with, Every man, woman, and child with the eyes that are both sunken and dark and burning. With the mouths that are all cracked and chapped and still burning. With the faces stretched in horrifying pain. You know, the sort of image that, ma that gives you the chills. The sort of image that disrupts and disturbs you deeply. And then some. And those are the people. That doesn't include the demons. The faces that are in the shapes of animals that you can't quite put your you can't quite put your finger on what they look like. But they're horrifying and they're distended and they're distorted. They're emaciated, and they're boiling, blistering, leprotic. Proportions all out of whack. The sort of thing that when you see it, you fail to have the words. Because you just don't have, we don't have the vocabulary. You can't say octopus or shrimp or spider. You can't say cat or dog. It's kind of all and none. <clears throat> and even they too burn. And they too scream. But they also pinch and bite and scratch and gouge and punch and whip and scourge. You. With hands that may be a little bit more talon-like or a little bit more human. They might have claws they might just have really long, cracked, half-broken nails. Bleeding from the cuticles. Burning with the dark flames. And then there's the fire, and the torture, and the torment. Like broken glass being pressed into your skin, or a thousand scratches from a thousand cats. Like tumbling into a bed of razor wire, pulling, gouging, scratching, stretching, ripping, tearing. Your arms, your legs, your chest, your back, your face, your scalp. All at the same time. Never ending. Without rest or respite. And there's still the pain of the heart. The bitter hatred, the rage, the contempt. The sorrow, the loss, the despair. Never happiness, never joy. 
at best a salty mirth, and even only glimpses. Only glimpses between the fear, the rage, the hate, the grief, the despair. The remorse and the regret, the constant reminder of everything you did wrong. The, <coughs> the constant reminder of every, of every time you had an opportunity to do something good, and you didn't. Never ending. Never consumed. Never satiated. Never consoled. What had me thinking about all of this? Shanghai. Shanghai, where it seems to be beginning that there were living who envied the dead, and so they leapt out of the windows to join them. Where the torment was just too much. From hunger. From isolation from knowing that their dogs or their cats or their kids were separated from them. And in all cases, they may be dead before all of this is over. But everything that the government in China is doing is temporary, and everything that we're doing to ourselves is permanent, and everything, everything that I described is only scratching the surface because eye has not seen, ear has not heard, flesh has never felt. At least not in this life. What torments are in hell. But as we continue to move in the direction that we are as a world, as a country, as a state, as a nation, as a family, as a community, as a city, as we continue to head in the direction that we're currently headed in, the terminus is everything that I've described and more on earth. In this life. Shanghai isn't everywhere. People locked in, bar barricaded into their homes. And I say homes with a little bit of almost tongue-in-cheek because we're talking about apartments. We're talking about cells. We're talking about pods. We're talking about living quarters that really... little better than prison cells. It doesn't matter that they have internet. It doesn't matter that they have television. It doesn't ha matter that they have radio. Clearly, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter because if it did matter that they had all of those things, then people would not be jumping out of high-rise windows off of high-rise balconies to their death. Because the government of China decided that one case of COVID was too many because they decided they were going to approach a zero COVID policy and they're willing to do anything. And the people in Shanghai, we're not talking about working class people for the most part. I mean, we are talking about them as well because we're talking something to the tune of 30 million truckers who were basically quarantined. And if the truckers are quarantined, then what about the laborers whose goods are supposed to be transported? And Shanghai is a financial sector, which means that the business deals are not really being done, or if they're being done, they're being done sloppily at best, because how good can you be at your job when you're starving? Not because you can't buy food, not only because you can't buy food, but even if you could buy food, there's no one to bring it to you. Because you're locked in. And in many cases, so are they.
And if we keep heading in this direction, that's the direction we're headed in. That could just as easily be San Francisco or Los Angeles or New York. That could just as easily be Denver or Indianapolis or Jacksonville or Miami. That could just as easily be Dallas or Tulsa or Omaha or Portland. Because we're headed in that same direction, along that same path. So what do we do? What do we do indeed? What do you do when you're confronted with that level of evil, with that level of wickedness, with that level of depravity, with that level of injustice? Because this isn't the condemnation brought on by our disobedience to God. Not in Shanghai. That's because some dude actually thinks he knows better than the average person. That's literally all that is. That's one dude or a group of dudes who think not that they're there to serve, but that they're there to choose. To choose the winners, to choose the losers. And right now in Shanghai, there are 25 million losers. And that could just as easily be 7 million losers in New York or 12 million losers in California or 30 million losers in California. They could just as easily be a million losers in Wyoming. A little bit harder in Wyoming, but whatevs. It could just as easily be the hundreds of thousands of losers in D.C. Because here's the thing. When you're centrally planned like that, when you allow your government to be that... There are no winners. There's a handful of winners. In the, of the one billion people in China, there's what? A thousand winners? Two thousand at the most? How many millionaires and billionaires, how many prominent party leaders are there actually in China? I assure you it's very few. And those very few have managed to bring about hell on earth for the people that they are supposed to represent, the people that they are supposed to serve. Or at least they would be serving if they believed in anything that resembled a Christian ideal. They would be serving and they would not be choosing. But in the West, we're not far off. The Davos crowd and the Bilderberg crowd and the World Economic Forum crowd and the Council of Foreign Relations crowd and all of the little lackeys for George Soros to Bill Gates. All of the little government minions like Anthony Fauci. Which is probably the most terrifying thing of all because we have a nation, not, Anthony Fauci is a symbol of all of the rest. And there are tens of thousands of them. There are five million federal employees. And that doesn't count the rascals that are running the states who all want the same thing. Gretchen Whitmer's no different. Whoever that heifer is in New York, she's no different. Gavin Newsom, you think he's different? I mean, he's just a, he, he's the same monster with, you know, just the prettier evil Ken doll face. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, 
relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We're headed in that same direction. And the worst part, the thing that actually, that actually really, really terrifies me is that all, all of these things that they're bringing about, this wickedness, this evil, this suffering, this pain, this despair, everything that they're bringing about in this world, it is nothing, nothing compared to what is it's going to be like for millions of people around the world after. If this carries on in the direction that we're headed in, we're going to wish that we would have been annihilated by a nuclear holocaust. We're going to wish that we would have been held up at gunpoint in the street and shot dead. We're going to wish that maybe we were driving down the road and had a massive heart attack or a massive stroke and drove our car off an overpass into oncoming traffic to be annihilated. We're going to wish that we'd been taken out by the high-speed train or fallen out of the sky in a crashing airplane. We're going to wish for those things because those things will have been merciful compared to what's coming. So what do we do? Well, for starters, we're going to get pushed into a position where we're going to have no choice but to reject people who deny the truth. Trying to be amenable to people who reject the truth is not going to work. Now, I'm not saying that we have to be violent. I'm not saying that we have to be rash. I'm not saying that we have to be harsh. But we simply have to be firm in our rejection. No. A man and a woman are, in fact, different. No. Cutting off a fuel supply, cutting off oil, shutting down the industries that keep everything running does not help. No, universal basic income won't solve the problem. It's nothing but a pipe dream. It's an illusion. And no, illusions will not help us take charge of our own lives will not help us teach our own children what is right and what is wrong. Illusions are lies. They can be fun illusions like a magic trick or some kind of nifty card trick. But if you're going to try and deceive 
your eyes, from understanding the obvious difference between a man and a woman, from understanding the obvious difference between justice and injustice, from understanding the obvious difference between charity and enabling. It is not charitable to allow people to continue in lies and deception and illusions. It is not. Does that mean that the battle for each of us is going to be the same? No. Some of us are going to draw the line with the fiat currency. Some of us are going to draw the line with vaccine mandates. Some of us are going to draw the line with lockdowns. Some of us are going to draw the line with gun control. But draw the line we must and be willing to face whatever consequences these people wish to inflict on all of the dissidents. And that includes losing your job or losing your house or losing your life. It includes losing everything. But if we don't stand up for truth, if we don't recognize that truth was the word made flesh, if we don't recognize that we were given 10 simple rules with which to guide our lives, and the first rule is more important than the fifth or the tenth. The first commandment is the most important. The second commandment comes in right behind it, but only barely because you're still talking about infinity. The third commandment comes behind it, but again, only barely because it's talking about charity and justice towards what infinity is owed. The fourth commandment is the little thing. It's the single talent as compared to the ten in that first mix. Because if you cannot honor your father and your mother, if you cannot honor your country, your countrymen, your patriotism, if it's lacking, how much more lacking is it going to be when it comes to love of God? And then from there, fifth commandment, sixth commandment, seventh commandment, these are all very, very low standards to keep. And yet, people are still unable to keep them. Shockingly so. I saw a picture of a woman wearing a t-shirt talking about how she had 21 abortions. And the only way that you could possibly be proud of that is if you're Ted Bundy and you're a serial killer. And you could see it written on her face that she probably was. But when you hold true to thou shalt not kill, which is by far the lowest of human standards, they will still hate you. I mean, think about that. Don't commit murder is the lowest of human standards when dealing man with man, woman with woman, man with woman, woman with man. Do not murder is the lowest bar. Are you a good person? Well, I never killed anyone. That's the lowest bar you could set. Are you a good person? Well, I never committed adultery. That's only the second lowest bar. Are you a good person? Well, I never stole. And that's the third lowest bar. Are you a good person? Well, I, well, I don't lie. Well, now that's starting to get higher. Because speaking the truth, even if it leads to your death, is a high bar. Are you a good person? I never coveted or looked at my neighbor's wife with lust. Or looked at my neighbor with lust. Are you a good person? I wasn't even jealous. 
of what they had. They had a nice car and I was happy for them. Thought about having a nice car myself, but I remembered that there were reasons why I chose the car I drive. There are reasons why I live in the apartment that I live in. There are reasons why I live in the house that I live in. There are reasons why I wear the clothes that I wear. And so when I see other people in clothing that is better than, I'm not jealous. And that is a higher standard indeed. Because truth be told, a little bit of jealousy is easy to commit. A little bit of just a touch of envy, that's easy. A touch of uncontrolled thoughts regarding your neighbor or his spouse. And by the way, I'm mentioning both of them specifically because I want to make it certain. One, I mean, <clears throat> the level of depravity that we're at, I can mention both the neighbor's wife and the neighbor. And it still means. But you could add in there, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's child. Because that's the kind of world we live in today. Those 10 simple rules, they're really not hard when you think about them, except for, the well, they kind of are, aren't they? And if you look out into the world today, it becomes especially obvious that those, temples, those 10 simple rules seem to be ridiculously difficult indeed. It becomes actually kind of obvious But it is not very difficult indeed to believe that everything that there is was created and that there is in fact a God of heaven and of earth. There is in fact a God who created everything that you see and all the things that you don't. There's plenty of evidence for it. All those people who think that they're atheists, they proclaim being atheists, and yet they still do yoga and chant the Kali Yuga. All those people who are atheists and claim to be atheists, who maybe knock on wood or never walk under a ladder or cross the street when they see a black cat. All those atheists or people who claim to be atheists who are still willing to go to tarot card readers and mediums. It's really weird. It's really difficult for me to say mediums in a plural because, you know, instinctively I know the word, the plural for medium is media. But if I say media, that immediately changes the context. Plenty of people out there who believe in the science, despite the lack of proof. That the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't drastically change what we're doing right now. Right. You believe that the world is 14 billion years old and you believe that we're going to break it. 14.9 billion years or 20 billion years or whatever it is that they're spewing out nowadays. That is a terribly, terribly long, long time for us to just come along and break the planet. And so those of you, it's serious, like legit. Those of you who believe that the earth is 13, 13 or 14.9 billion years old and that humanity has only been on this earth for a couple hundred thousand years, you are a fool if you hold both that truth, quotation marks for that, and the truth, again, quotation marks, that we're going to end the world in 10 years or 12 years or whatever if we don't stop polluting or whatever. And the fact that you can't see how stupid that is. Oh. Heavenly Father, save us from such morons. Because it would be easier to believe that humanity, rolling at a mere 7 billion strong, could somehow destroy an earth that's maybe 6,000 years old, because then the earth would be very young indeed, and maybe not quite so tried and true. 
but 14 billion years and you think we're going to break it? It's those kind of ideas that lead you to Shanghai. In a matter of in a matter of speaking, I think it's actually kind of fitting that it would be Shanghai. Cause isn't to be kidnapped to be Shanghai? Maybe I'm wrong. It's time to reject nonsense. You can tell nonsense. Nonsense is somebody telling you something out of both sides of their mouth. The vaccines are 100% safe and effective, and you better get your vaccine because I need to be protected from you even though I have my vaccine and the vaccines are 100% safe and effective. We need to protect our democracy by stripping people from their bank accounts. We need to preserve democracy by and and fight against a tyrant while, while stripping the bank accounts from the common man in Russia. It is absolutely a threat to U.S. national security that Russia invaded Ukraine, which is precisely why we absolutely must keep the southern border open for anyone to come across. No, the clown mass is licit and valid. It's you mini poo poo headed trads who insist that God established a way for us to worship him that are the problem. Despite the fact that scripture happens to quite clearly say that God did, in fact, establish the way that we were supposed to worship him. Church teaching must change even though the world is a giant cesspool from changing, the, from just ignoring those teachings. We've arrived where we're at even by ignoring those church teachings. And yet church teaching must change because we need to bring everybody into the fold because everyone must be saved. Although, I mean, really, we're talking about their body, not necessarily their soul. And you meanie poo-poo headed trads are looking in the wrong direction. We ensure our democracy by making sure it can be defrauded at every moment with mail-in ballots and unwatched ballot drop-off boxes. Democracy works best when you have no idea who's pulling the lever for the vote, when you can't even be mildly certain that the person who's pulling the lever actually lives here or will live here. We're supposed to live here. It's racist to ask for ID to vote, but you need your COVID vaccine pass. You need your COVID vaccine, your vaccine card, your vaccine passport, and a photo ID to confirm that the vaccine and the vaccine passport do actually belong to you. Just so you can get a cup of coffee or sit down at a bar. Did I miss anything? Oh yeah, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Even though we've spent the last 50 years telling you that the way to happiness is to buy as much goofy awesome stuff that you can get your hands on. We told you that material things like that new Lamborghini or the new Bugatti, that new te that shiny new Tesla that'll somehow assure that you save loads of money even though you're paying $100,000 for the car and then another $20,000 for the charging station, and then you're still paying for the electricity to charge the, to charge the charging station to charge the car. But it's worth it to save the planet from mini poo-poo-headed fossil fuels, despite the fact that those very same fossil fuels have saved more lives in heating and cooling than solar and wind ever did.
It's important that you that you not drink out of a plastic straw while we build non-recyclable windmills. That when you take them apart, you're just going to have to put it all in a landfill because you can't recycle the components. You need to quit driving your car even though in order to build the electric cars that we want you to ride in, we don't even want you to drive them because you're not even supposed to own them. We have to send all of the components around the world seven times in a giant diesel-guzzling cargo ship. And we're going to import most of those components from places where people make a dollar a day and are forcibly castrated or experimented upon because they live in concentration camps and slave labor camps. We need to fight against slavery in America so we can promote slavery in Africa. Because we don't want you looking too closely, otherwise you might realize that we traded out the cotton-picking African-Americans for cotton-picking Africans who don't even have the skills to make the cloth. Because we're going to send that to a bunch of other slaves in China so that they can send the cloth to a bunch of slaves in Guatemala so that they can make the t-shirts that you buy, well, that you used to buy for $5.99, but thanks to the fact that we've printed all of that funny money, now you spend $20. But don't worry, that's $20 that aren't real anyway. We're going to spend $6 trillion on COVID and infrastructure, and you're going to get $1,200. Don't ask us where the rest of the money went. Because if you ask, you're a conspiracy theorist. If you dare protest, you're a January 6th insurrectionist. If you dare ask any questions, you are the unwashed masses that need to be censored from internet and social media. You are the unwashed masses that we just simply don't agree with. And we're going to shut down your bank account. And we're going to shut down your social media accounts. And we're going to, and we're going to surveil your phone, your email, your computer. We're going, to, we're going to put the pedos and the CIA behind your ring camera watching your children at night. And you can say nothing about it. Those are the people that we need to reject. Those people who talk about tr fighting sex trafficking while buying prostitutes. Those people who talk about fighting drug addiction while doing lines of cocaine in the Capitol Hill. Those people who talk about Me Too while they try to con young men into orgies. Those are the people we have to ignore because they're not just hypocrites. You can deal with a hypocrite. These are children of the devil, children of the father of lies who, who was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. And they themselves are both liars and murderers. They're the people who will tell you that you should have fewer children while completely neglecting to realize that if you do that, they're not going to have the stem cells to try and chase their fountain of youth. Well, I mean, they'll still be able to get them because presumably you will have killed your baby to provide them with the stem cells that they will imbibe or ingest or inject so that they can preserve their youth for as long as possible. Because they know full well where they go when they die. And they're not willing to grow old gracefully or to go quietly into the night. They refuse to acknowledge that there is a God and that that God is in control. And because they refuse, well, they're going to get caught by surprise. You want to fight it? Just don't be among them. That's it. 
You want to fight their craziness, their depravity, their absolute neurosis. You want to fight their sociopathy, their psychopathy. You want to fight their mental derangement, their diabolical disorientation. Merely don't be part of it. And as you unearth those other pieces, try to figure out how to detach yourself from those pieces that you unearth. When you discover that maybe your company, the company that you work for is being shady with how they deal with customers, find a way to detach. If they're being shady with you and trying to con you out of your things and treat you like a slave, maybe find a way to detach. Demonstrate that the principles you have, the belief system you have, demonstrate that those things are what are immovable and show them exactly what happens when their quote-unquote unstoppable force comes a-calling. It's easier for me to say everything that we should do. Everything that I've listed thus far that we need to do in order to fight these people, in order to resist them, in order to distance ourselves from them, whether they be priest or bishop or pope, whether they be president or congressman or mayor, no matter what, these things are much, much easier to say than they are to do. Which brings me to the unexpected next piece. A lot of people don't realize that when you work out, when you go to the gym, when you train, 80% gets you the gains of muscle failure. So if you train and you push yourself to 80%, you will, you will retain the gains, you will gain the same as though you had pushed to muscle failure. You do not need to push yourself all the way to failure, all the way to the point where you break in order to make the gains. In fact, it's actually smarter for you to not because if you because you can train every day at 80%. And you can go longer training 80%. And you can still recover the way you would normally to stretch, maybe use... Uh, you know, cold showers as a, as a recuperative to eat healthily. You'll make the gains at 80% the same as if you were pushing yourself all the way to failure. The same as if you were pushing yourself on leg day to the point where you could barely walk out of the gym and then barely climb out of bed the next day or the day after, depending on how long it takes your body to recover from such things. But what you won't suffer from training at 80% is you will not suffer the fear of the pain of having taken it all the way to your limits. And so you'd be much more inclined to do it again and again and again and simply make the gains. Now, why am I talking about weight training and, and, and physical training like that? Because the same is true spiritually. You figure out what 100% is, what it is to when you push yourself all the way to the point of failure, and then you back that up by one-fifth. And I know it's kind of abstract, but you'll know you've hit the money spot when you can do it again, and you can do it again, and you can do it again, stepping it up just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit, step by step all the way to heaven, one foot in front of the other, without the fear of pain, Without the fear of repercussion, you simply endure just enough so that next time you can endure just a little bit more. Ever increasing the just a little bit more step by step. And truth be told, if you do it like that, then before you know it, you're fasting by not eating anything from midnight to midnight. That you can do the Ember Days from Wednesday. You can do the Ember Days as a black fast, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. 
that you can abstain from meat and maybe dairy and maybe and maybe all of the other little squiggly things that traditionally we used to give up but maybe we don't give up anymore in the catholic faith because well you know we're not going to mandate that because i mean that would be harsh and you might find yourself capable of giving up all of those things and more step by step 80% of the max not the max not the harshest penances but the penances that you can endure so that you can step it up just a little bit more later and a little bit more after that and a little bit more after that and before you know it let's be real before you know it you might be doing a 40 day a 40 consecutive day fast on nothing but two slices of bread and a glass of water If you're listening to this and you're in your 20s, you have plenty of time. If you're listening to this and you're in your 30s, you have plenty of time. If you're listening to this and you're in your 40s, you have plenty of time. If you're listening to this and, in your, and you're in your 50s, you have plenty of time. I dare say that if you're listening to this and you're 90, you still have plenty of time. Step by step, a little bit more, a little bit more, all the way to heaven. So that you never suffer the guilt of having failed while still suffering the pain and the humiliation that comes with a good penance. Eighty percent of maximum for ballet, for rock climbing, for CrossFit, for fasting. For prayer, 80%. If you can do that 80%, your 80% will grow at a pace that will make other people's 80% seem inadequate. Now, the drawback is, is that most people are undisciplined, and so they'll try to meet your 80%, which is their 120%, and they will fail miserably. And it's not that we're comparing ourselves to others. But if you do that, your 80% over the course of five years, on that fifth year, when you compare that 80% with the first 80%, you might actually find over the course of five years that you are five times more capable of penance and reparation than you were when you started. As one of my more favorite religious brothers says, poco por poco, little by little. <laughs> you want to claim the crown? You remember that it's a marathon, not a sprint. That slow is smooth and smooth is fast. That steady beats erratic every single time. Our God is not a God of chaos and confusion. He is a God of constants. He is immovable, unchangeable. I mean, you might even describe him as rigid. You want to win the crown? Pace yourself. Plan. 50 meters, 100 meters, 300 meters. What is your 80%? What is your maximum? And then dial that back just a little bit. So that you never fear unreasonably the very next time you have to do fat, you have to fast and make penance and do reparation. That you look forward to stretching it out just a little bit more that you look forward to speeding what you did before, that you look forward you look forward to step it out so that at the end when you've walked the miles when you've climbed the mountain 
when you've walked, when you've paced yourself up the ladder, at the top, Our Lord and Our Lady can be there. Our Lady to scoop you, to scoop you up into her arms and tuck you into her mantle, and pass you over to Our Lord when He says, "Well done, my child." The people on the other side of this, all of those people who want to create hell, they're not capable of these things. They're not capable of measuring out their steps. They're not capable of looking at what of the reality that's in front of them. They're not capable of these things. And if they can, they'll lead you astray. They'll pull you away. They will direct you down a different path a path that does not include the little way where you trust in the Lord, a path that does not include constance and discipline and obedience and humility. They are incapable of these things. And because they're incapable of these things, you really should not listen to them. You really should pay them no mind. And you certainly should never take advice from them. Never walk their path. Their path leads straight to the first half of this podcast. Straight to hell. Straight to screaming. Straight, straight to pain and stench. Straight to despair. You pace yourself. You take it step by step. When the time comes and they confront you, you will know what to do. And you'll be capable of facing it. It's what Paul teaches. It's what Peter teaches. It's what John teaches. I would say taught, because, I mean, they did live on this earth way back when. But the fact is, is that their words are true today as they were back then. That the Apostle St. Paul could be preaching this today. You just have to pick your target. Are you willing to fight to get to heaven? Or are you going to let yourself get shanghaied? Choice is yours. Always was. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.